This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Welcome to Drowning Kittens, the only podcast that's willing to go one step farther than anyone else. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. Uh, we're talking about Season 4, Episode 7 through 9, and Chapters 46 through 48. Uh, this is kind of the return of the plot of Claire as Vice President. I guess it's, that's what they... They took a little hiatus as Frank was shot, and now it's back. Well, I mean... Th- that's the plan. I No, 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 I know, but I... I... We we at the end of last episode we were wondering what in the world they could do that's not vice president. They're just back on the vice president thing. They're just going for it. Do you buy this working? Uh, the way in the pres- real world or in the show? Well, I'm just, do I think it's going to work for them in the show? No. Well, I think yes. That's that's whether the right what the writers write. But I'm saying as a view as a house of card viewer as yeah. an audience member, are you going along with it or are you still like this? I'm going along with it. I've given up my objections. I don't think in the real world this would ever go, turn out this way, but for the sake of enjoying the show, I'm going along with it. Oh, so see, that's not what I'm asking you. Uh, for the sake <laughs> okay. of enjoying the show, because I feel like they've done enough in the maneuvering over careful maneuvering over three episodes to where I think that they could have pushed this thing through the weight. And I can like because I'm watch. I don't. I'm watching a lot of political television right now. Like I'm back to my right. watching two hours plus of political coverage each night and i see storylines like it, it's always interesting to see like these cycles and storylines and when things blow up and then react it's like just everything happens so quick yeah that the way they carefully nudged i think the the most unbelievable thing or i guess where their political tactics went wrong is they went all in on texas too soon which huh. has you know and, and 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 they underestimated how smart people caught on yeah Kathy Durant was and also underestimated how ambitious she was and how willing she is to kind of blow the whole thing up. Right. And so I she get, went behind behind their backs and that's kind Conway. of the, the cliffhanger for this three episode arc is that I, Kathy, that's the Durant, implication, right? Kathy Durant is Kathy Durant has gone rogue. Yeah. And it's it's I I really like to see all of the uh machinations here. I yeah. thought it was masterfully played. I like I said, I don't think this would work in the real world. I don't I don't know. If you can really get the media to latch on to things like that. Yeah, you can. As easily as, as they think. So easy. I mean, all they did is just plant one hint in the background of something. And I, I, I don't know. 
I don't know. This Twitter era of press reporting is bizarre in that sure. these unnamed, like one unnamed source spawns a whole story. And I, I, right, it does. But then does it spin out into, we all love Claire, uh, despite any argument against her? And really, there are no arguments because nobody's making them. Like, well, but that's there uh, is no other side to it, right? And that, no one is presenting it. I, right, but I feel like that's a consequence of the way this open, ele- you know, this open uh, convention is structured and it, how it's more of a, you know, this, this political rally. And uh, I, I don't know. Like I said, I feel like that you, you feel like you're going, you're just resigned to your fate, whereas I feel yeah. like they've actually kind of won me over. Hmm. Like, again, I don't think in, in real life this could ever possibly happen because there's <laughs> never been a first lady like Claire Underwood. Okay. Uh, but in this universe, with this set of facts, and with the president and and his his hell, I mean, I I feel like it's all come together. But again, you know, what is Claire's original plan? And man, I hope that they're not going to spin this to where she has, in some kind of vast conspiracy with Leanne, engineered all this stuff. Because right, so I got the impression that. After Frank was shot. So I I don't know. I think a lot of it hinges on how much you believe her breakdown during the recording of this robocall. Uh, zero. Yeah, zero percent. Me too. Um, and I got the impression that after things kind of shifted with Frank when he got shot, uh, she didn't have much of an option but to work with Frank to get what she wanted okay. in the first place, which is a vice presidency. And Frank was open to it. Okay. Uh, I I just, man, I don't know. So here's how I got my notes organized. Um the Conways, which encompasses the ICO threat mm-hmm. and surveillance in the 21st century. Yeah. The Veep race, gun control, and last but certainly not least, hammer time. Uh, shall we, shall okay. we break this down together? That, that's pretty fair. All my notes are just in chronological order. So. Okay. Well, um, so the Conways, ICO is introduced very early on in episode seven, mm-hmm. and it's clearly an ISIS stand Right stand-in. at the very beginning. Yeah, and, and I, I wonder why they just didn't use, go with ISIS. Uh, I don't know. Once again, they've switched it up a little bit to not quite be real. I mean, yeah. I guess that again, just like the what we talked about, like, do you really uh-huh. want when you when you got when you got the Chris Matthews and Wolf Blitzers and Peter yeah. Jennings of the world doing live feeds for this show, which is kind of a mind blowing concept. I guess you have to blur reality somewhere or else you run the risk of like we talked about last week, these clips finding their way to YouTube and people shitting their pants. They should get, they should get Will McAvoy in there. Do a crossover with the newsroom. I don't understand. That'd be interesting. I don't understand the fascination with using real anchor people for these things, mm. especially with the, I mean, it's one thing if it's just a gag. Yeah. But especially this where it's an integral piece, and I don't know why the journalists go along with it. Right, right. We I think we talked about that maybe last season. Might have been. With some I, of the and, conflict and of so interest. I, I don't want to repeat that, but yeah. I just want to renew my disbelief that okay. not only do they want this to happen, but, well, I mean, I understand why an artist would want to use as much real life as they can get away with, mm-hmm. but why the journalists aid and abet them. Okay. It just seems silly. Uh, anyway, uh, we find out that the Dunbar is out, um, uh, that Frank is spinning up this, he's, he's got, huh, it's confusing. He's got plan A, plan B, and I guess plan C. 
I don't think it's that confusing. I think he wants to get the best of both worlds here. I think he wants to get Claire's bill through so that she will look good for a vice presidential run, and she he also wants her as his vice presidential well, candidate. Well, I'm, I'm constraining this to Polyhop and ISIS, or ICO, right now. Okay. Plan A is exposing Conway's use of Polyhop, getting the uh, the American public horrified by it, and thus removing the weapon... Uh, right. being used against him. Plan B is to meet force with force and get an even bigger gun, mm-hmm. have a, a secret FISA court hearing and uh, allowing wiretapping of Americans to con- uh, confront this ICO threat, but actually using that to institute widespread domestic surveillance so Frank can essentially get the same thing Polyhop's giving him, only better. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's just smart. I mean, th- th- on the other side of it, Conway has the same dilemma, right? Like, he could leak this story... But it's a risky thing, sure. Right? If, if it gets if know, it gets traced back and people find out about it, it be- could ruin your. You're beating campaign. up a president trying to prosecute a war against a dangerous enemy that you say he's not taking serious enough. So you go after him for wiretapping to prevent ICO terror threats. Like, oh no, I was I was just talking about like the the plan A, plan B thing, right? Like Frank doesn't want to do this if he can get away without doing it. Sure, but. Because it's a risky thing. Well, that's what he says. Like, yeah. there's this really neat little monologue he gives in the Hall of Presidents. Where I, he's I got love all these, <laughs> And he's talking about, like, you know, Will's got this powerful gun, Polyhop. Mm-hmm. NSA is a bigger gun, but it can blow up in my hands. Exactly. And, you know, you'd rather you know, this, you'd rather take his gun away than to get a bigger gun that might blow up on you. Yeah. Now, Plan C, and I call it Plan C because it's, it's really an evolution of Plan B. But Plan C is to then filter this... NSA information through Leanne's data scientist to get an unfair advantage. I don't, I don't get this angle. Like, I don't get why he's super happy about this contract. Like the value to this is so high for him because it's secret. He can't tell anyone about it. It's not like, but he can use these insights to like, I mean, that's to do what? I mean, if he's just aggregating data and analyzing it, but what else is he going to do with that data? I don't know. You could take trends to companies. And, I mean, he's essentially got – I mean, this is more data than anyone ever except for, like, if, you know, believe the uh, Snowden's worst-case scenarios except for the NSA already. Right. This is more data than any private individual has ever had. So, like, in his mind, it's a laboratory for running, like, true behavioral trends and what people – and even – and the abstract, that knowledge is something you could probably sell in the open market. Now, I guess, but you can't back it up with that's data. the thing. You got to be like, trust me. Yeah, and, and and I don't. So maybe that works. Maybe, but it doesn't, also, but... I guess like, so half of the problem of analyzing anything in science or behavior is knowing where to look, right? So if he had these trends, and all he has to do is now look for very for data to support those trends that he already knows about, that's a lot easier than trying to get your hands on all the data to establish the trends in the first place. Right. It might... I, I don't know. It feels like that's backwards. Like, that's confirmation bias. Well, I mean, why, how... Uh, how like, so? I, I think this trend but, but, exists. But I'm going to go saying, looking to Well, prove here's it. the thing. You, that's because you have a theory. He has a fact that he has to then support through something. It's kind of like... Uh, does uh, he? What, what are his facts? What are you talking the, about? All the information he's straining from American conversations, emails, wire transfers, all that. He's oh, getting so all you're that saying data. when... Right, right, but you're saying when he goes to another company to try and like sell this information, he can fi- he can say like I want to sell this to you know I don't know whatever. Uh, t- 
sure microsoft microsoft wants to know something i know this market trend would be worth a lot i'm going to research figure out other ways i can get this data gotcha okay that will then it's kind of like if a if a reporter is told by a high level source hey you know frank underwood killed under underwood killed zoli but it's off the record yeah that's a powerful fact to know that they can then investigate Mm -hmm. whereas if they didn't know it there would be no investigation i guess that's my take on it you don't get meacham's Travel records and start looking through them. <laughs> now, why this guy is brilliant because he s- takes a shirt off, straps on a pair of headphones, and clubs out in his office. <laughs> that that I don't understand. That was bizarre. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, he's, he's clearly happy about this but, contract. But the interesting thing about this plot is that Frank is always on the horns of the dilemma. Like these things are mutually exclusive. If you prosecute seriously the threat against Ico. And mm-hmm. order the strike that that hampers uh, there, then you can't go to FISA court and say, "Well, there's a clear and present danger. I need this tool." Right. You know, so it would hurt his campaign to actually do the thing that might help his campaign in yes. the thing that Conway is promising to do, and people seem to rally around. And and what Frank is trying to do is to go down both of these paths as long as he can, and and avoid putting off a definitive decision, which gives yeah. Conway room to to hit him in the margins. What do you think of the Conways as a? They're presented as. A New York City Republican, uh-huh. which would, governor could, uh, yeah, a, a governor, which um, you know they make it as like, well, he could be a Democrat in a lot of areas of the country, which is probably true. Uh-huh. Very attractive, ridiculously attractive couple with a ridiculously attractive <laughs> home and kids. And That's the thing. I mean, I I wrote down this. This is the perfect family right here. This can't be a good thing for Frank to go for him to go up against Frank it's a, because it's a, it's extreme contrast. Right, and the Underwoods just destroy everyone they come into contact with. I think this family is going to be destroyed by Frank in the end. Well, yeah, since this is House of Cards, not House of Conway, right? Dead. But I think that it's a pretty savvy play to have such an extreme contrast, and also, yeah, a appealing uh, conservative opponent. Like it's not they could have uh-huh. gone. You know, the Trump route, they could have gone the Mitt Romney boring-ass cyborg route, but they actually, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a guy who's, like, super off the charts likable mm-hmm. and charming. And it seems like he's somewhere and liber- near the middle. And socially liberal, like, he's like he's seeing a lot yeah. of, he's saying a lot of th- things that everyone agrees. I mean, find me someone that doesn't want personal freedom. Sure. Who doesn't like personal freedom? Who doesn't like keeping more of their paycheck? Uh, right. I, I, you know, sticking to that and and not going too hard on the so that seems like a way to win a lot of both sides of the aisle. So it's a formidable opponent to Frank. Uh, mm-hmm. He also has got some politically savvy moves, and I think that was the interesting thing over these three episodes to watch these guys kind of box each other. Um, yeah, and and see who's the last man. It seemed standing. like Frank for the most part got the best, got the best of him. Uh, the there, way is we the, end. there is the very end where it, it kind of flips again. Yeah. But throughout most of these three episodes, Frank is just delivering blow after blow. Mm-hmm. The other thing about Conway is that he's very strong in the military, which will be important yeah. because he, after 9 11, he joined the Air Force just like his grandfather fought against Imperial Japan. Right. He's the antithesis of Frank Underwood. I mean, yes. a, lo- a lot like we saw with Jackie Sharp and her fake family, right? Uh, yes. He's got the the family man persona going with the kids, and he's very likable, and he's a military uh, veteran where Frank never did any of those things. And in, in fact, doesn't like kids at all. <laughs> What did you think about Doug and Leanne meeting the data anal- data analyst, the data scientist Aiden, in an abandoned 
creepy ass warehouse. Isn't isn't that where Doug always meets people? I don't know. Parking uh, garages. But I feel and... like the, at this point, the show is comfortable with the characters pointing out the ridiculous paranoia of Doug Stamper. Okay. Like, what the hell are you trying to do here? Uh-huh. Uh, wouldn't we be better off just meeting in a mall food court? Like, people would see us there, but we're just meeting in a mall food court. If anyone gets wind of us meeting this abandoned-ass warehouse, you know we're up to no goddamn good. Sure, Like, sure. it's kind of hiding in plain sight. Uh, anyway. Uh, we mentioned the, the Hall of Presidents thing. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of fourth-wall breakage, particularly in that first episode, the seventh episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I really like. I, I like the stuff when he's on the phone with Conway and he's like, oh, yeah, there was this Roman general who went and cl- reclaimed the city and held up the head of the youthful... Uh, Sulla versus Marius, uh-huh. which I just a couple months ago listened to the whole fall, fall of the <laughs> Republic right. on uh, Dan Carlin. Yeah, I, I really like the, that scene and the one where he's also talking about the duel. The, both of those were really good. Yeah, you know... <laughs> And just surprising, a surprising number of heads were mounted in the Roman Senate. Yeah, back in the day, like you imagine, like <laughs> going to this Senate, the American U.S. Senate today, and having yeah. heads mounted. Yeah, imagine you know Trump standing there at, in State of the Union, and he's got Cruz and Rubio's heads nailed to the podium that he's right in front of teleprompters, like that's yeah. shit that happened on the reg. And Maybe his, that man, his blood pressure is one ten over eighty. <laughs> I, I love that punctuation. Like my heart did, my heart rate didn't even go up. Yeah, he just had this big confrontation yeah. with his rival, and he's talking about this exciting story about people's getting beheaded, and he's, it's just another day at the office for him. Yep. Uh, also, I like the the note about uh, him looking at. Uh, JFK and Lincoln and then Ronald Reagan. He's like, I know why we're smiling because we survived. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Conway fights him by going after one of, uh, Frank's generals, uh, one mm-hmm. on the chief, of, the joint chiefs of staff, who's disillusioned with him, not taking this ICO threat seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he wants him to resign to get that to be, you know, a big political blow up. Uh, Frank tries to co-opt him by meeting privately and say, Hey, if I green light this mission that you're recommending, will you, you know, kind of back me? Mm-hmm. But Frank can't green light and- that mission because... Well, he's he's doing a lot of stalling for time, too, and making things time out just perfectly. He's also leaking stuff to the press, like a reporter asked a question about this polyhop stuff. Uh-huh. And then the public finds out about it, but Will Conroy uh, decides to make his life an open book. Which, uh-huh. I mean, this is... This is political theater just would not work with me. I'm like, oh, right. videos on your one cell phone that you carefully... Man- that's You're going to release all that stuff? What about your burner? That's the thing. What this about is obviously your... manufactured? Yes, like, you're not. This getting is tr- not your life, man. No, I don't believe that you are. If he strapped a GoPro to his head and broadcast it twenty four seven, that would get my attention. Yeah, completely unedited. You sure. declaring that one public smartphone is going like, but I feel like that would move the People magazine crowd. Really? Yeah, you're probably right. Like, oh, oh, look at these people, how cute they the are. The Vanity oh, Fair crowd. Oh, my God, it's so, like, you could just see people sharing that shit on Facebook and wanting to throw up. But right. that is a big part of American politics. Sure. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I've kind of... Uh, well, my, uh, talking about timing, here. like, there's there's a lot of timing, like, intricate timing stuff going on here because he's talking with this... Um, he, he's also vetting uh, potential running mates, right? Right. The VP position and yep. his his uh, 
I don't know, uh, the people he's collaborating with, Bob and and Kathy and all these people, mm-hmm. or not Kathy, but they're suggesting people to him. Like, look, uh, we want to, we we think that this, who is it? It's some senator or governor. Wait, wait, wait. I, I want to put the VP stuff off entirely. All right, but there's a lot of timing around all of this stuff that meshes together that you have to kind of consider as a whole. I suppose. But I don't. Other than just a chronological reading of events, I don't. I don't see how I, we we could do that. You're right because there a lot of these are moves and counter moves to uh, interact uh, or con- uh, counteract the opponents. Right. Um, were you, did you check out Conway to 2016.com? No, I did. It doesn't exist. Huh. I was super disappointed. Okay, like that seems like a that seems like a real set for a spike that they could have just put a simple Conway 2016 for president with a bunch of these videos that they've already got. And yeah, I don't know. I'm always bummed out when I go to these real URLs and they don't do anything with them. That's probably the only two they filmed. It's just the, the thing of him swinging his kid around. Uh, so at this point when he says, Hey, the, my, and he also disarms the American people by saying, these are rumors that I'm using polyhop. Well, they're not rumors, they're facts. And here's the company CEO. Right. And he says, yeah, we th- we want to support people that we believe in in politics. And uh, and also, we're just collecting metadata about you, but we're going to be completely open and honest. We already talked about how that's bullshit. Claire <laughs> is going through and looking at these videos, and she calls Frank and says, look at New Year's Eve, which is where we began our, our saga with House of Cards during the inaugural ball. Uh-huh. Are they suggesting that Will had this camera going the entire... Because the way I interpret it is the video stopped right as Frank and Claire came up to them. Who would be filming that? I guess if he just put it in his pocket. Because there was a potentially damaging things they both said to each other. Yes. They were both showing their cards. Like, look, I'm pretending. Yeah, oh, I'm, you're I'm pretending a pretend soldier. I'm, I'm a pretend uh, whip and this and that. Right. I, I saw an opportunity and I grabbed it, that sort of thing. The and only I, problem is when they pan back to present day with Claire and Frank watching this, it, res- it it's exactly the point where the the vision or the flashback ended, where everybody's applauding at the the, the clock striking midnight. So it's like... Right. The implication is that whole thing was running just in his pocket or whatever. Yeah, so th- I didn't get the point of that. Like, are are they really trying to say that he's that the whole world now knows he's duplicitous because they don't go with that? No, because and the, but then again, they mentioned uh, she says um, that they're going to destroy them, and he's like, "Yes, we are." I don't, but nothing in that previous scene. No. suggests that they've got a smoking gun to use against him except for maybe he's young and he's a lightweight and he's they pr- paint him as a guy who is getting ahead of himself he's just 36 you can't run for president until you're 35 um that he they're they're i guess extending this Marsa uh Sulla and yeah sure uh what was the guy's name Sulla and Mar- Mar- Maria strat uh, analogy yeah i didn't much care for that scene honestly and also it's like a it's kind of a faux flashback, and there was a little bit of what we saw in season one, but most of that stuff is new material. Yeah, so i i didn't i didn't I didn't like it either. Uh, so we are reintroduced to Thomas, the novelist. What's his last name? The beginning of episode eight. Yeah, uh, Yates. Thomas Yates, and the Conways are courting him because they he's got this tell-all novel that he's still not published. Uh-huh. 
Uh, and you can, you, you know, by the Cause end... Because I don't think he can publish it. I think he needed the... Uh... Well, no, he was just going to turn it into a, th- a work of fiction. Right. Which, you know, they they did that to the Clintons. Like, it wasn't that the whole <laughs> wag the dog thing? Like, it was supposed oh, to be... Oh, was it? And then they just <laughs> fictionalized the names, but it's like nudge, nudge, wink, wink. This is what it's really spo- uh, all about. Right. Um. Anyway, he said, yeah, it's a work of fiction now, but it's going to be largely based on their life. But you can tell he's not really satisfied because he doesn't like the ending. Yeah, and that is how you know Claire and Frank lure him back in. But you know, mm-hmm. this is another one—the counterpunch as they're trying to get him on board. Um, to we, what end? Because like, oh, she gets him on board as a speechwriter. Yeah, that's not that's not the extent of it. Yeah, certainly. Um, there, there's a lot I... of there's a lot of talking about he's the only one who really knows us. Uh, Meacham was one; he's the other. I I think the speechwriter. I think that is the end game. Number really? one, if for number one, publishing that book now would be incredibly damaging to the underworld. Right, they want to delay that as long as they can, certainly. Because we know all the crazy shit that Thomas could put into that book because we saw last season. Yep. And it got pretty crazy. Yeah. And they left them in a very bad spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that they have – so this guy sees them but also sees them in a sympathetic light. He can un- He can take that underlying pain and pathos and communicate it to the American people – in what seems like an honest and truth, uh, a trustworthy way that the underworlds themselves can't quite grasp. But they need to turn him to their side because he's clearly against them at the I beginning of this. Do you really think that? I mean, the, the way they left it, he never liked Claire. Claire never liked him. Ooh, really? They, yeah. They pretty much hated each other through season three. I, th- I think that Claire Yates, or Thomas Yates, is kind of Claire's Meacham. Pfft. Okay. I think they were both super attracted to him and intimate with him, not in like a, a sexual way, but in like a, I mean, I mean, maybe I'm not remembering the end, how that all ended with them, but well, Frank, you know, to start it, it ended, it ended badly. I know but, he didn't like the book and he fired him, but yeah, I don't remember and, how Claire and threatened and him, him with if you publish it right. anyway, then I'm going to tell the world that you're a fraud. Yeah, but there, there was some doubt about that too. We talked, yeah, I get uh, it. Like I, sure, I don't know. Uh, I got the impression that the Claire always hated him. Um, do you st- do you still do get I, that? I don't. I get the impression that he's looking for a good ending for his book, not to rewrite the whole thing. And that's like agreed. If he doesn't rewrite the whole thing, but, the ending has got to flip. Then don't you think he's open to the idea? With all, I think that's what's intriguing to him is with all this, him getting assassinated and her being brought back into inner circle. Mm-hmm. There's this potential to tell something of a fairy book story ending that's actually based in real life. That's a much better yeah. ending than Claire just being cold and abandoned and and flying and uh, right. out of Washington in disgrace. Yeah. So. No, certainly that that ending can improve, but. I don't even know if it's going to. Right. Uh, there's also a kind of a, I don't know, a slick way of showing how Aiden is going to be getting this information to the Underwoods involving physical dead drops, but it's also intercut that with him. The stupid thing is they... There's they... no way the NS Like, the NSA doesn't need a fucking analyst, man. Like, there's no way the NSA would farm out domestic surveillance to some third-party data right. analyst. Right. The security risk. They might just... bring him into the NSA headquarters to do all his work, but they're not just going to let – I mean, well, oh, what, they... what about security? Well, we got Cisco firewalls and we're – I mean, it's, it's dumb. Right. He, he's, he's talking about, like, oh, no hardware leaves the premises. It's, it's all – like self-contained and are there government agents goes enforcing in and that and then the very like 
as he's delivering that fucking line, yes. they're showing him drop a USB thumb drive to her. Yeah. That's hardware. That's data leaving that fucking building. No, and the NSA, you couldn't do that. You'd have to go through all kinds of physical screenings. Right. uh, You can. It's much, much harder. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, Because you're, you know, you don't own the company and all that stuff. But no, I I thought this was a lot of hand wavy and like, don't think too hard about it. But like this, this whole Aiden thing, I don't really like. Honestly. Okay. I I think it's borderline dumb. Yeah. I want. Yeah, I get why yeah. Frank wants to use him and all that, and that's good no, for Frank. But sure, from a narrative, uh, and it is also kind of ripped from the headlines. I understand the temptation, but the mechanics of how this would actually work together, right? This is one of the few things about this season that I have really not liked. It would actually make more sense if Frank somehow flipped the operative inside the NSA. <laughs> You know, okay. but then you wouldn't have Leanne kind of coming in and setting up all this stuff with Doug Stamper and their their pissing match, and mm-hmm. I don't, so I don't know. It's it's a soft criticism, but it doesn't it doesn't yeah. play for me very well. Okay, uh, we find out the the big travesty of the episode is Meacham's hands been painted over. Oh man, this needs to be an executive order. Do not fucking paint over Meacham's hand. Well, he didn't expect to get shot, right? He. I don't know when they painted it over, but it sounded like when he was recovering. But I'm saying, like, if you're to, if you're the White House housekeepers uh-huh. and you see a picture taken down and a hand drawn at like ch- adult shoulder height, do you just fucking paint that over? I think you paint over it. Yeah, you probably yeah. do. You're like, oh, someone's desecrated the White House. You do a shitty enough job <laughs> that you can actually see the hand mark still. But I'm if I'm if I'm the president, I just issue an executive order. We are going to trace this over. We're going to put a frame around it. Yeah, get me like a scattering micron, sure, whatever scope. I don't and, think you need it. You can see it's bled through, man. Has it? Oh yeah, could you, you see I it? Could, I could clearly see the outline of his hand. Uh, it was faint, but ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Just trace it. Yeah, and then you hang another picture over it because you don't want to know about the Frank's, you know, the the president's bisexual three way lover with his <laughs> first lady. But you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, no, you draw you draw like a beak on it and feet, yep. and then you just have a celebration of Thanksgiving. Uh, so if we haven't talked about it already, Conway then flies out to the general's house to meet about Ico and offers the vice presidency to him. Right. Uh, which is going to dovetail in our vice president talk pretty soon. Um, Doug is pissed off because I don't understand why Doug hates Leanne so much, other than the fact that... He's being replaced. Well... He still doesn't like the first lady sees her as a loose cannon, and this is the first lady's loose cannon. So it's a loose cannon of a loose cannon, and he wants all the power to go through him, right? Right. He wants to be the funnel to the president, and it's not happening. And it's kind of sort of blew up in the president's face. Like, if, if, if it's inarguable that if I think the president listened to Doug from the beginning of episode 407 to now, he wouldn't be in the spot he was in with the, the general turned against him and... Now he's mm-hmm. resigning, and not only is he resigning, which is bad enough, but he's now going to be the VP for the other guy. Yeah. Uh, and he wants Seth to dig into Leanne's dirt, uh, which I'll just go ahead and split. Like, he can't find anything. Apparently she's squeaky clean. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, and we're kind of left at the cliffhanger. He should he go can... watch Wild Things, is all I'm saying. <laughs> just just probably some dirt to dig up there. Got some crazy video to show you, Doug. Yeah. Uh, he's like, okay, give me, give me the DVD and <laughs> and a syringe full of scotch. <laughs> uh, we'll, and we'll, about two and a half hours. Yeah, we're good. Well, I'll meet you. Uh, I'll find you in your office. Uh, Doug, the the movie's only an hour and a half. I know, I know. <laughs> There's gonna yes, be sir. some pausing and some rewinding. 
um, some crying and sweating. <laughs> I so, uh, so that's pretty much so. Those, so then the cliffhanger of that is he actually goes to Leanne and says, "Hey, I can't find anything on you." Yeah, but either you're getting fired or I'm getting fired. So you got to give me some, what is she going to give him? Something fake. It's going to be interesting to see. She kissed a girl back in college. Like, I mean, what is light enough that? Well, they could do this. They could. They could really set up Stamper here for a fall. And if I'm Seth, that's what I'm rooting for. Because sure. how, how long can Stamper really keep Seth under his thumb? He's being a real shit to him. And I get yeah. you know every time he walks by with a cup, Seth kind of shakes in his boots. But I, I just don't see Seth standing for it very long. I think Seth could take. Doug in a stand-up I, fight. I like, yeah. I, that's a trick that works once. Because we know Stamper is probably not in the greatest of health, like, physically. Sure. Plus, he's just a lot smaller. He's got less reach. Right. Like, I mean, you know, you, the shocking, like, just being blindsided and having, uh, 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 you know, a cup shoved in your face works once. I think I think, <laughs> I think, think Seth's ready for him the next time. Well, you gotta pulls up, up his guard. You gotta up the ante. You gotta get more inventive. <laughs> a five-gallon bucket. Shove that on his face. Yeah, so I, I don't know. He's... I think they're going to try and set him up because he's always been kind of antagonistic toward Leanne and she knows it. Uh, they might try something because there's, there's a lot of dirt under Doug's fingernails. Definitely. If you, if you turn the magnifying glass and over to the other starting side, to come, uh, it's not coming to light yet, but the hammer's snooping around. We're going to get the hammer time soon yeah. enough. Uh, so Frank, uh, tries to defray some of this attention by parading the mother of the suicide victim. Uh, and showing how many, you know, how many families of these, not only did you save the United, the president of the United States life, but you saved this guy and need a new heart. You saved this person and needed a new kidney. And, and it's just all, it, it's, you know, I don't want to soft it because organ donation is important, yo. Yeah. I'm like, I'm an organ unless donor. you have really strong religious convictions, which, you know, it's, it's, it's here nor there. If you, I, I, I can't, if, if you don't have that, I can't imagine why you wouldn't be an organ donor. Yeah. If you're just squeamish about them cutting on your body when you're dead, like get over it, man. Because there's lots of lives gonna be. You saved. know what? Worms are gonna be eating that shit if you don't give it to someone yeah, else. Yeah, or so... it's just gonna be turned to ash. Right. So all secular people, next time you renew your driver's license, be an organ donor. Yeah. As so, soon as I got out of my crazy religion thing, I I checked that box. Yeah. So don't be an asshole. Don't do, donate your shit. <laughs> Of course, my liver's going to be no good. Like, Frank, that's Frank true. wouldn't have got yeah. that from me. Yeah, I'm fighting a defensive war against the harvesters. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to ruin my body before they get their, their cold, clammy right. hands on it. The, the, the ghouls. <laughs> Forrest Whitaker's it, coming for it. <laughs> it's a race, you know. Like I, uh, a bus could take me out tomorrow, and yeah, it's, it's there's still a lot of good stuff in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Conways decide they see this and the media is kind of uh, going after that and they decide they need to steal their thunder back. Also the, the open conventions generating a lot of buzz and stealing views from their videos and their vanity fair covers. They decide to go camp out uh, in Atlanta during the democratic national convention and essentially protest the mm-hmm. president's ignoring of Ico. Yeah. Frank responds. Yeah, and, and I think at the same time, don't they announce uh, the, the running mate of the general? Yeah. The uh, uh, Brock Hart. Is that his name? Yeah. Okay. Uh, climbing wall general guy? Yep. And Franken responds by uh, inviting him to a one-on-one summit to talk about Ico during yeah. the convention, which is a joke. But it does remind us of how kind of likable Frank can be. Like, he's trying really hard to, 
lull Conway into a false sense of security, which I thought was working until Conway gets a phone call. Yeah. Which we find out later is Kathy Durant uh-huh. sticking a knife in him. Because she, she knew. And, I like, when she was talking with Frank, I'm writing down, like, what the fuck, Kathy? You've dealt with Frank before. Why are you falling for this shit? I didn't think she – I never believed that she – she's too – she's been portrayed as too damn smart and strong. Okay. I, I fell for it then because I thought she was getting suckered. No, I thought – And then when she flipped as, it around, I'm like, thank you. As soon as, as soon as she started talking that shit, I started thinking she's only saying this to lure Frank into a false sense of security. Gotcha. Which is, brings us to the whole Veep thing. Frank and Claire's Veep plan – Seems to be this in broad strokes. Step one, get rid of Donald Bly, mm-hmm. which was ridiculously easy. Yep. He, he did it himself. He it's... was totally brown pants over the whole president issue, and he wanted no part of it. And I, I like the order of events there, right? Like, Frank talks to him. He decides, I don't want to do this. And then he goes to his cabinet and says, uh, I think Donald Bly would be great. Sure. Uh, no, no, sir. Would you shoot that down? That's no good. Oh, but I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll let the hard know. task of softening the blow and right. explain it to him. Yeah, very presidential. Really good. Step two, pretend to get the party leadership's advice. Uh-huh. Which leads to step three, nominating Senator Austin of Ohio, who has 12 years uh, of, of experience, very few enemies. Swing state, importantly. Swing state of Ohio, of Ohio. Ohio. And also a longtime friend of the NRA, which is important because Claire is also, like I speculated last episode, going hot and heavy after gun control. Yeah. Uh, and I think the way that they weave that into the timing is brilliant as well. Sure. The way that he gets this senator to, you know, promises, look, you're not going to have to back this bill oh, at all. Frank <laughs> fucks this guy so hardcore. Yeah. Again, it's it's borderline pornographic. It is every hole, uh, especially this since guy. he's arguably a three a threechum because Claire is screwing him in one hole while Frank is doing the drill. It's in the beautiful other. the way they cut between him. those yes. two those two interviews that they're conducting. Right? Yes, Frank's promising one thing, Claire's promising the other, getting her riled up so she's going to go attack him yeah. when he does this. And she's like, "Oh, there's no way he'll do that." She goes, "What well, does?" Just, just watch the news tomorrow. Yeah. And then watching him get up on the gallows and put the noose on his neck and pull his own lever. Yeah. <sighs> so they've already gotten his public support. There's nothing he can really do to take that back. So Claire's yeah. getting her bill, uh, getting, you know, a little more secure in her bill. Do we want to, before we get too much, do you want to, I, I, maybe we should pivot to gun control and just have, just talk about all this. Because I thought this was interesting. Um this was this is kind of a mirror in a real life debate we have here in America, which is mm-hmm. the Democrats say that they don't want to ban guns. They realize it's a Second Amendment right. We just want to place sensible restrictions and close loopholes designed to get around background checks. And the gun control, the, the gun advocates here, we want to take all your guns. Right. And the reason the NRA and the gun advocates have been so strong is that they don't take, they don't give an inch ever. Ever. Mm-hmm. And the politics has been resolutely on their side in this. Yeah. Well, the numbers also. I mean, they have a lot of people doing a lot of lobbying. And like what I, this felt a little false to me because uh, it's all well and it's all well and good to set up a straw man version of NRA that you can just knock out. And but like the second Claire started his robocalling, the NRA would just have their millions of people start flooding vulnerable senators with phone calls and emails and faxes and letters and would crush this. Right, and that's essentially, you know, the the woman from the NRA takes a hardline stance against this senator 
his his running mate at that point. Sure. Uh, and strong arms him into dropping out. So there there were a lot of nice political touches. Like I like this whole Frank taking Claire under her his and like I'm seeing you in a new light. I'm going to treat you like an equal, and I'm going to be like a mentor. And and then both like practicing the speech intercut with the actual speech and debate and they're like no yeah. you need to come back stronger and they like get the the blows become more vicious and when they're discussing talking the veep yeah. race and it's like i'll be bad cop you be worse cop and then i'll come around and be good cop and i'm like oh this is and, and they're i don't both... know if it's real but it seems smart and cool right i i think they're they're as close as they've ever been in the last few seasons to season one claire and frank having each other's backs uh, I mean, Claire's helping Frank just as much as he's helping her. Uh, and the editing in this, like you mentioned, is brilliant. I, I think the editing is so good, these these couple episodes. So I'm kind of disappointed because this seems like a a parody of how this thing would actually work. And then it gets ludicrous because Frank demands the Democratic uh, leadership to ram through these gun control laws during an election year. Uh-huh. And... Oh, by the way, I also want my Supreme Court justice rammed through who's going to be an anti-gun Supreme Court justice. There's no fucking way, no fucking way any lawmaker could deliver that in election year. Right. Like we saw the shit show, like Scalia dies and there's this whole, there's already this jockeying about there's no fucking way you can put anybody through. Well, there's no fucking way you can stop us. And it's the reality is they're going to do what they're going to do. Then the American people either throw a fit about it or they won't. Who knows? Yeah. That that really struck me as, uh, I guess, a stroke of of luck. I don't don't know what to call it. But mm -hmm. like Scalia dying and them just happening to have this plot in there with uh, electing a new Supreme Court justice in an election year. But it's a good bet because all the Supreme Court justices, except for the newly appointed ones, are super old and they could go at any time. And that's that's an evergreen – I mean that's that's why one of the reasons presidential – elections are so important is you're giving some dude some asshole four to eight years worth of federal district court appointments that will be turned into supreme court appointments and you can shape this court for 20 30 years yeah and you know if you imagine if you let two three four election cycles go to the other team well there's they're going to essentially pack the court so i feel like it's kind of lucky but on the other way it's almost inevitable (laughs) that something like that would happen I get you. I mean, we already had a death and a retirement that they they might have actually been talking about the last one. And now it just <laughs> sure. seems more re- relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, like I, I, this, yeah, Claire just coming in there and punching this NRA lady in the face, essentially ball, bare knuckle brawling her in the. Con- it just, I mean, it's good theater, but there's just no way this shit happens in real life. I, just, it just felt like, yeah, very unrealistic. All the stuff that they're trying to do. Uh, there was another really cool gag where they couldn't leak the vice president nomination out because the NRA would be outraged. So Claire invites uh, reporter Kate, Kate yep. to come by to have a meeting with her and parades her past the conference room where the president is meeting with this presumptive VP. With the door open because it gets stuffy. And, and Kate uh-huh. stands there like a slack-jawed yokel for 20 seconds before... <laughs> As Claire's smiling and rubbing her hands together <laughs> yes, in the background. Yes. <laughs> before she calls her to heal. And I'm like, uh-huh. oh, come on. Um Let's talk about Claire's robocall, which is essentially the scene from Game of Thrones where a nun goes around and says, shame, ding, 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 shame. <laughs> that, 
I I found the idea that a moderate person on gun control could be swayed by this and just her completely false display of emotion, which may or may not translate to the phones, but... False display. So we know that. We understand that as viewers. That's very hard. Like, how much insight does the public have into Frank and Claire? And that's that's hard for me to see that with both lenses sometimes. Gotcha. Because, like, even when Frank is smooth... Like... When Frank is in the in the room with the four yep. Democrat leaders and he's schmoozing them, I was like, I know these guys, at least three of them have been fucked over by Frank. How are they playing along with this? I know. But then they're probably like, we're not seeing their half or they're playing along and scheming. So we're only getting the Frank story. But yeah. it is hard to hold those ideas like the fact that Frank is the politician and Frank as, you know, the human being that's likable it's hard to kind of juggle those ideas and us as the viewer versus like the insight that the characters have into frank sometimes that gets confusing as well yeah uh but then again like i said the you know austin he's emboldened to take this action and and support this bill because all these phone calls come in but there again like the nra would have his office blowing up before the end of the week I, i mean i think i think a lot of this has changed since frank has become president right i mean he's been I think they've been making a point of of telling us that he's been less antagonistic toward the other people, right? Yes, he's doing stuff with uh, FEMA and trying to get his America Works stuff going, but it, it affected a lot less people in his inner circle there. So there's a he lot fucked less, a couple of them really hard. There's a lot less but, stick and there's a lot more carrot because he's openly yeah. saying, "I want to do the things that you want me to do." But these, mm-hmm. pe- um, but on the other and he's hand, he's cultivating this more like folksy personality with them and friendly persona. Sure. And I think he's been doing that over what the course of a couple of years now. Has has it been that long in, uh, with him as president? I guess. So I I think there's room for him to maybe be seen as a slightly different person now than he was when he first got the office. So I guess my thing was anytime you have politics and fiction, and this is my problem in the newsroom, is like a lot of times Sorkin on the newsroom would just take the default liberal uh, uh, position and present it as some unique truth that if someone just stated it this way, people would be moved to tears and be swayed. And that's not the fucking case. Like, right. I think there are new and novel ways and there's events in American history that can move the needle, obviously, or we'd be stuck in stasis. But the lazy way is to just take the current party line, package it as if it is some revealed truth, and then just straight face put it up there and have your opponents you know, weep and gnash their teeth before it. And I felt like this whole gun control plot, there was room for them to tell a new and interesting and show how the American audience could be influenced, and they just didn't. They just yeah. basically took the standard party line and straw manned the opposition and got their way. Right. This really felt more like the maneuverings of Frank and Claire than any kind of point they were trying to make. Yeah. Which, I don't know. I'm fine with that. Okay. That's the interesting part for me. <laughs> I was hoping for a twofer. I was hoping right. for Frank and Claire to be smart and then to say something interesting about this real-life debate and... But it, it would also be weird two, because they don't really care, I guess, that much about the issues. Like, do okay, so they care I, about their I own believe, power. I don't know what Frank actually believes as far as helping Americans and the mass. Uh-huh. And but Claire always has seemed like someone who, yes, maybe she does for the wrong reasons, but she does support broadly good things, and she does yeah. believe in like you know she's 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 pro choice and, and mm-hmm. she cares about 
uh, families in a way that Frank maybe doesn't. So I was kind of surprised yeah. at the false notes that she was hitting in this. And maybe that's supposed to show that Frank is really getting her tendrils into her very heart at, at this point. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so let's go back to the Veep thing because we just we went on a detour to explain the whole Senator Austin of Ohio. Uh, they derailed him with the help of the NRA. Step four is talk to party leadership into stealth nominating Kathy Durant, but be- they, because they don't want to ram it through the people to have it in an open convention. Like it's a oh. brokered open convention and it looks like it's open, but we're going to manage it all. And they everything. That's a great idea. Going to put on the greatest show anyone's ever seen. Step five, back channel the fact that Claire is the real candidate and she's the one that did the real heavy lifting in Russia. Get a Kentucky senator, I think, yep. to, to, to proclaim. To, to cast a joke vote for her. Right. Because she's and so awesome. Let that spin out in the media and go, hmm. Yep. Step six is to completely forget that Kathy Durant is a formidable woman in her own right. (laughs) Push a bit too quickly for Claire. In fact, to have the entire state of Texas declare that that was their they that was a giant fuck up. Like you cannot you cannot do that without bringing Kathy into the fold and expect her to take it lying down. Yeah. The interesting thing is, so I don't even know that Claire's got a shot at this. I mean, like. If you look at the numbers, every time a state went through, California, uh, aside from Texas, which gave her all the votes, yeah, Kathy was widening the, the margin. Was it? Because I, I thought the story was that... There was the, one state that was like 17 for Claire and 14 for, for Kathy. Who cares? That's three votes. California just gave... gave Kathy, like, an extra 150. But Texas is almost, I mean, it's it's like the third most but, popular state, right? Right, and but it went, after she got all of Texas' vote, she was uh-huh. only 5% versus Kathy's 22. That can't be right. Totally right. Totally uh-huh. right. Well, I, I, I don't think, know how they ex- ever expected to close that gap. So I, I New thought, York's a big well, one. So they want, so first of all, we had this back this backroom negotiation where, where Claire told, the, I think, the third-place runner. Uh-huh. You give me all of your votes, and we've already got Kath, Kath, she he she intimated that Kathy's already on their side. She's going to give me hers, and I'll be at the top, and then you can be Secretary of State. Right, we'll give which you is her another. Job. You know, that's the same mistake. That's that's what that's what the previous administration did to Frank, and he's committing yeah. the original sin all over again. Yeah, it's like you know he's and I don't know if this guy knows her or not. He laughs when she says that. <laughs> I, it's. You're seeing a lot of that, like, you know, I, I remember the one guy after he uh, he brings that one senator from Gaffney and he breaks him in front of him. He's like, oh, I hope you don't do that to me. There's a lot of this background. Boy, Frank, I hope you don't do that shit to me. Yeah. Kind of, I wonder if this is all going to turn around on them. It could. I mean, it kind of has started to. Yeah. With it's, it's not as easy uh, for him anymore. Uh, but also, it seems like... Is Conway promising to keep her on as secretary? Is that the carrot that he's using? Because she called Conway to Conway offer her services, pro- and then Conway, he said that as a kind of way to mock Francis. Oh, but, like, I might yeah. keep her on when she's with me, which I think is what tipped Frank that's the phone call he took. And he confirmed it. So I, guess- I mean, I think Kathy's gambit is also she might she might run for president. Like she's throwing Frank under the bus here too. But I don't think she by, feels yes by throwing true. like we should have a presidential vote as well because right now Frank's the default de facto winner, right? Like but no one's running against him in to his me, primary. To me, that's I don't. I, so okay, here's my analysis as a political animal. Okay. Um, 
I don't think that she thinks she can seriously beat him, but okay. she can make s- part of the problem with these conventions when you go to a convention and there's not a clear front runner is that the bitterness between the like you see this in Republicans. You got Cruz people and Rubio and Trump people that have been beating each other for so long and it's kind of a little bit on the Democrats. I see that shockingly that the Bernie folks and the Clinton right. folks are being savage with each other. And to the point that's like, well, fuck that guy. If, if we nominate him, I'm just going to stay home. Well, that's yeah, that's a terrible way to do politics. But I think what so they're trying to do Conway, yeah. is to bruise Frank enough that his own party is going to be disillusioned. And then the, yeah. pri- the when they get to the general election between Republicans and Democrats, Conway will, will get in there. Okay. Um, but, I mean, it also – it smacks a little bit of the Claire thing, how she kind of planted that seed of – Hey, maybe Claire Underwood would be a good vice president. Right. Kathy has also kind of planted that seed about her being president. Kathy from the state of Louisiana and probably the highest ranking person from Louisiana has clearly thrown her weight into forcing the Louisiana people to throw a doubt into this whole process. Yeah. And now Frank suddenly has to worry about running for president again or running for the nomination for president again. (laughs) Right. So I don't know where – I mean this seems but, but like Kathy, another flip-over-the-table move. But there is no one else, right? If Kathy doesn't put up some opposition against him uh, and actually officially go for Well, so remember remember how this epi- these episodes started was, was with a uh, Dunbar press conference saying, yeah, I resigns. think I'm right, and but you know I don't want to add to the rancor of the process, and I don't want to be a distraction, so I'm resigning – I noticed there were some Dunbar signs in the background, too. Do you think this has opened the door for Dunbar to get back in the race? With with a Kathy Durant, like, Vice an all-women all woman ticket. Hmm. Straight, strong woman ticket. SSW. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Kathy got brutalized. She did. Or is, it, is it Kathy? No, not Kathy. Dunbar got brutalized. She did, but this dovetails into Hammer Time. <laughs> right. Because right. she got brutalized for taking a strong stance on Francis. But if it's all true... It's just, certainly. And, yeah, she, that would... and, and, and this comes to light during this convention and she's she's vindicated? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty interesting. So shall we talk about Hammer Time? Yeah. I don't feel like there's a ton to talk about here, but we uh, need to talk about it. I mean, he goes. I mean, it's, it's there's a lot of things that have him because he starts off from a kind of place of skepticism. He meets with his friend Janine. Yeah, she's eating Xanax like Pez, man. <laughs> she's paranoid. She reveals that Lucas came to campus and she feels responsible for him committing suicide because she was afraid and she didn't want to entertain any of his crazy theories. Mm-hmm. But she also says, "I know it to be true," and he's like. What you know? Why don't you make a statement? She's as we saw in the the previous season. She signed an affidavit, so it'd be one of those things where it's like a person went on writing saying nothing, and now later, like this smacks of political opportunism, right? Right. So her words shit, but this gives him he trusts her and he knows her, and maybe she can be the nail in the coffin. Like she's the part in the documentary after you outline the case of like public information, then and also we're going to talk to Janine and she's going to show that there was a cover up. Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing; it's it's not usually the original sin that gets you. Although when you're murdering people, a lot of times the original sin can get you. <laughs> it's the cover up that gets you. Yeah, because uh, that proves that you did something wrong and you knew it was wrong. Right. Uh, so I don't know. She's she's not the pry bar that blows the case open, but she might be the nail in the coffin. Uh, we then see Hammer uh, burning the late night oil with his dog. He's talking. What's the conversation with Zoe's dad? Uh. 
I don't know. It seemed almost more a conversation to try to comfort him in some way versus get information because I don't think he got anything from him. I mean, it's always a fine line between showing a person a realistic depiction of someone following leads and hitting dead yeah. ends and just wasting our time. But this one felt more. I mean, he's like, "Oh, are you drinking and dry?" And I thought maybe this is going to go somewhere. It uh, hasn't yet. Yeah. <laughs> We'll see where he does go. But, like, yeah, at, th- at this point, I don't understand what Zoe's dad's doing here. I mean, is he going to yeah. be like, you know, there's this one conversation I had with his d- daughter, and I, I I, heard, like, some like some slurping noise in the background that sounded suspiciously <laughs> presidential. Right. <laughs> That's the, the presidential tongue. I could, yeah. I could hear it. Yeah, my daughter was getting was getting licked down by a pre- <laughs> by a, with a presidential. Jo- I yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. And that was pre-pres. So like, what does that even sound like? Right, right. What does a majority whip tongue sound like? Uh, I I I I, I don't know. I don't know. Leather and sugar, as Kathy Durant says. Hammer then is investigating the neighborhood. He's got a, a kind of another dead end with the the crazy homeless lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, he then gets his first break because the pizza guy never saw the president, but he saw Meacham a lot coming in and getting coffee yep. at the shop that's on Zoe's old block. So then he sets into some old-fashioned, old-school, tape a bunch of shit to all the walls, connect all the dots with red yarn, kind of crazy. True detective True detective, homeland-style investigation. And his plan seems to be to cross-reference Frank's official schedule with Meacham's travel log and look for discrepancies. This, okay, this might be how it is. It might still be like this in the government, but between this scene... And the scene where they deliver a quarter million new names and numbers to uh-huh. uh, the campaign office. Mm-hmm. What the fuck are we doing still using paper for this shit? Like, a qui- Well, so... If, you're, if you got robo-dialers... Yeah. You get a quarter million names. You don't want people... You don't want to have to insert that into a database. I mean, maybe you can do some OCR and get it into a computer. That's what but I was going to say. send the fucking file over. You've well, got it in a file. Well, but they can't because that's not... They're not... That comp, that organization is just getting a plain unmarked box full of phone numbers to call. And that... Why can't they get a plain unmarked USB thumb drive? I don't know because they're Like Leanne did. There's shit embedded to that that might give... Ta- I don't know. Go buy an off the... To me, that seems... And here's... And if you fill out a freedom of information request for the president... The... the, the, the well, at the time, he was the... What was he? The whip? Uh-huh. The house majority whip? Yep. Uh, his bodyguards, phone... Or, like, whereabouts and travel records... The government ain't going to say, oh, would you like those in a searchable spread? They're just going to print a bunch of shit out and hand it to you. Right, right. But the data analyst is, is sending out boxes of That paper. to me felt Come like on. more of a – it's trying to be like a clandestine dead drop than it is like efficiency. Because you're right. They it's can the ochre that shit, no problem. I mean, they're the data analyst company. They're not going to accidentally embed some but shit. But it's so own... easy to ochre that shit, man. Which, if you don't know, I, it's I, op- I agree. Opti- OCR, optimal character. There, there's It's a scanner that reads shit, essentially. Right. We had one at the my old company, which wasn't a big company, that could do like 5,000 pages uh, in 10 minutes or something crazy like that. You just no. literally feed it a ream of paper, and it would yeah. catalog it and index it and do all that crazy stuff to it. Right. Um, but then you might have fully errors. Fully searchable. Some, but it's like but professional that's what I'm ochre is really good. Like if I'm, if I'm the hammer, I'm thinking I need a computer file of this. Maybe I'll go get my own OCR machine instead of – a pen and a fucking pad of paper that's going to take me a thousand hours. But he's retired. He's on a fixed income. And he's got more time than money. 
really? The presidential election clock is ticking. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can prosecute him after he's president, but still, sure. I mean, do you want this guy running the country while you're doing this? To me, this seems just, like... He could search it. He could just go, Meacham, uh, Washington, D.C., this... what? Like, his locations. If he's looking for a specific location, he could narrow the field immensely. If he had... Yeah, but I'm saying, like, the state's probably not going to give him that in that kind of format. I know, but yeah. can he OCR it? Oh, well, he... you're saying... So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Do something instead of a thousand hours. He's hour... old school. God, he is. He is. It's his own fault. <laughs> there, there is an easier way. Hammer. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like that. I, I, to me, the guy's age and the fact that he's got this paper and he's 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 retired. Like, I didn't wasn't a big problem. You're right. right. I don't want to get bogged down in it. I just, sure. That's silly. Silly. Well, that's all. That's that's all I got. This that's the that's three the episode yeah. arc we got. We got feedback. Oh, uh, I was going to say, you know, you when, other things um, you want to talk about? Yeah, some other stuff. Some when Frank and uh, Conway are, are in the room together in a back room, back room within a back room. Uh, he's playing a game on his cell phone, right? He shows Frank. Look, it I'm looked a, a lot like too. Osmos. Uh, it is an actual website. I've played this game before. Really? Yeah, because it looks exactly like Osmos. Do you remember that game where you're a, I, I do, you're a single yeah, cell? Yeah, I have that and, okay. on Steam. Yeah. But but this is an actual game. It's a like a browser game. Uh-huh. You go to agr agar.io huh. and you can play it. All right. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Apparently it's uh, a lot like politics. Here's the other thing. What the actual fuck? <laughs> There's a scene where Doug Stamper is looking through pictures, a website, and pictures of a man and a woman, Anthony Moretti. Yep. Who is he? Why the fuck do we care that he's dead? Why is Stamper talking well, about donating to his wife? That's because he's the guy he bumped off the liver transplant list. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Okay, now, I, the only reason I bring it up because someone, okay. someone brought up in feedback, and I was trying to give them have them oh, have well, their glory. Sorry. I'll give them credit <laughs> later. The bigger question is: Do you believe that Stamper has a single pang of conscience about that? Apparently he does. I don't buy that. That's the biggest false note in this okay. three episode arc. Stamper, yeah, all the shit, that sta- all the sh- all the shit <laughs> that Stamper's done. Yeah, this is the thing that sticks in his craw. You're right. And also, like five thousand. I was like, I thought he was going to hit fifty thousand dollars, and I'd be like, whoa, five. I know how much Stamper makes. It's in the quarter million range a year, mm-hmm. and that was before he was on. You know this this campaign manager. Five thousand dollars. That's like me giving five. I don't. If I give five hundred dollars to somebody, I'm not feeling real bad about it. So it's like it was weirdly like too little, but also too much. Hmm. Because I don't think Stamper gives a shit. Period. And if he did give a shit, he would do something like that would leave him uh, leading a monastic existence, which he does anyway. Like money just means nothing to this man. Yeah, I don't Can get he the buy, sense that he's hurting. Walmart gives syringes with no needles out for free, <laughs> and booze is cheap. So there you go. Well, it's the prostitutes that are expensive. But he's not doing the prostitutes anymore. Well, every time he gets a syringe, he's got to. Uh, I guess that's true. Yeah. That adds it's up. not the syringe that costs money. It's that adds up. the mechanism by which it gets in your mouth. Uh, the other thing that I thought was kind of just a sly wink and nod to the audience who... Might be going what the fuck on this Claire Vice President thing. Uh-huh. Is when they're they're in the room and uh they're talking uh with Conway and he's like, Oh look at look at Claire, she's got a real shot, huh? Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And Frank's like, Well, not so unbelievable. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I thought that was a little wink to the audience. I mean, they're doing what they can by having all the people that we see as smart essentially saying, there's no way Claire can win. Can she? And then, uh, yeah. yeah. So, like I said, they've done enough for me to believe in this particular situation, this universe, that she has a shot. And the way they... Yeah. My, my only criticism of their plan is going all in with Texas before going you know d- discussing this with Kathy because this this Kathy thing I don't I don't know where they're going with it but it's a real this problem is a big threat because she's smart she's pissed mm-hmm. and what they I don't think they can carrot sticker anymore yeah no I the think she's done do with the I mean other than, unless they're going to like physically harm her like sick Doug on her mm-hmm. like the worst they can do is take her job away which they've already done and she knows they've already back channeled it Right. So they have no leverage over her at all. Yep. Okay. That's about it. Okay. Uh, one other thing uh, from my, my girlfriend. Do you have a hard time setting aside Mickey Doyle when you're considering Thomas Yates? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't. But she's like, I can't take this guy seriously as a professional, smart, sexy <laughs> well, it's author. A- his nose is weird. All I can he- all I can hear him say is <laughs> every time he opens his mouth. I will say I've gotten mostly over it, but uh-huh. I still do look at him and see Mickey Doyle. <laughs> like put a hat on him, sure, and he's Doyle. Give him a ridiculous laugh. The other thing I think is entirely unrealistic is the sex that Hannah and Will are having. Why? Like, do I believe the Republicans are having that kind of sex in their bathroom? Get out of here, hey man! There, I'm. Get out of here. I am certain there are Republicans that get it on, right? But they're doing it like underground yeah. in dungeons. They're not. They're doing it in, in truck stop bathrooms yes. with elaborate foot signal. No, I know, no fucking conservatives. <laughs> they fuck well. I'm sure. I know. I'm kidding. I'm sure. You're gonna get get some real hate mail going. You, you, yeah. You, I mean, that, look, look, look what happens when you insult their penis size. They spend a week in the press going back and forth about their oh. hand size and how low their balls Jesus hang. And like, it's just, it's... Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck everyone. <laughs> Fuck everyone and everything uh, right now. All right. I can't believe it's, this is real life. It, it's going to get... Wait until it gets to general. It's... it's <laughs> This it's going to be it's going to be memorable, <laughs> oh man. I, I love it. It is I pretty amazing to be living through this, but only if it turns out to to only if it works out in the American public's favor. And I don't know that it will. Well, every time you really start to worry about the end of the world or moving to Canada, just remember the president can only do so much. It's true. Like the president really can only do so much. Yeah. So it won't be it it won't be that bad. <laughs> so this is the part in the podcast where i tell you a little bit about our exclusive club at club.baldmove.com now i can't make any outright promises but if you join club the club mm-hmm. for as little as a dollar a month and you get access to all the ad free feeds all the extra content the lunches and on the rocks and the playthroughs and 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 the the spoiler first run movies and the vip access to the forums if you do that for us there might be a couple million dollars in political slush funds that we can put into your campaign. Hmm. You know, so it might be, huh? So it's just, you know, it's just, you scratch our back with the club and, and we'll, we'll illegally fund uh, funnel campaign funds into your, your Swiss bank accounts and, uh, see our, uh, our assistant stamper for, for the details <laughs> in, of setting that up in, in the back room, in the back room. But first we, we definitely need you to sign up for the club first. Yes. That's got to happen first. Right. Before we break any of our other promises. You know, and things change in a day, so we're, yeah, we're, right. not, we're not promising anything, but 
you know, we've got we've got Stamper. Ways. I mean, uh, we apologize if Stamper gets boozed up and 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 loses the camp. I mean, that's out of our hands. There's nothing we can do about it. Right. Uh, if you if you want to get a third party in the mix, you can you can you can fun, you can funnel some of the slush funds through Bezos operation at uh, Amazon.baldmove.com. Uh, it, it's it's some backdoor shenanigans, but you go there, you're redirected to Amazon, and now your cart is loaded with love for Bald Move. Everything you purchase on that session, we get a teeny teeny cut off, cut off of, mm-hmm. and that helps out a lot too. So thank you for all of your support, and be looking for the campaign contributions in the mail. Uh, <laughs> anyway, policy. First up, feedback. Uh, House of Cards at baldmove.com if you'd like to send us feedback. Uh, please remember to put the chapters or episode numbers in your uh, subject line just so I can keep it straight and avoid spoilers for myself. And when I'm going through and casting my net for feedback, I can get everybody slotted in the right spot. You can also discuss it at uh, forums.baldmove.com uh, if you want to have an episode-by-episode discussion with like-minded folk. Policies first up, she says, this set of episodes is very difficult for me to watch, having been through a liver trans... This is for the previous batch, by the way. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, having been through the liver transplant process with my dad in 2007, which mm. I thought it's interesting because she had some interesting details uh, uh, pertaining to this. She says, it kicked me hard right in the feelings, especially the scene where Claire helps him drink water and he doesn't even register that's that it's her. Uh uh, she also says there's no nationwide organ transplant system. It's regional and based on proximity to the organ. This makes total huh. sense, right? Right, because you got to keep it on ice and all that jazz. So there's actually several lists upon which people are first in line. There's a dude who's number one on the list in Chicago and another dude who's probably first on the list in Miami. The guy in Miami dies. They don't send his liver to the guy in Chicago. If you're on the list when they call you... Uh, when a liver becomes available to you, you have to rush to the hospital and then wait to find out if it's a good match. My dad was actually being prepped for surgery and ready to go under whilst they were inspecting the donor organ's liver to make sure it was a good match. That said, it seems like it took a long while for Frank to get a liver given the high death rate in D.C. and Baltimore area uh, where she says I actually live, and I've seen The Wire. Right. So, I mean, just if you need a liver, go look into the vacants, man. Right. Livers, livers all over the place. Let's get to them fast. You got to get to them fast and ice them down. Uh, my dad was first on the list in Detroit, which uh, he was placed at number one on a Friday night, and by Monday morning, he had gotten the call that there was a liver available. Huh. We sat in the transplant waiting room for the, with uh, the family of number two and number three on the list, so they all got livers on the same day. Huh. Interesting. Wow. What... What kind of was there like a there, multi-car pile up? Like what's I mean people die all the time. Right. I mean right. I guess I, I young people think... that die in a condition that can give their organs and that match your gene type, that's the that's the real tricky thing. I would also imagine there's like a trickle down on the list. Like if somebody at the top of the list doesn't get an organ in time yeah. and they pass away, their organs probably go down the list, I'd that's imagine. Probably, yeah. And also like if you're number one and a, a liver comes up but it doesn't match you, then maybe number three gets it. Right. Um, she also said also oh, I was bothered by Frank Underwood's hallucinations my dad had one foot in the grave and the other on a banana peel for years before he got his liver and had minimal hallucinations hmm. uh, he would become disoriented and act strangely uh, but mom uh, his her mom took him to the ER and they gave him meds which she says is lactulose I think which brought his levels down quickly I'm not saying prolonged hallucinations are impossible just seems like they could have been controlled better especially given that Frank Underwood is president the only thing I would say is that they made it seem like that Frank's liver just went, it's just gone. Yeah. Like if you have a failing liver, 
then it's somewhat keeping up with your body's load. Now, mm-hmm. again, you're closer to the experience there, and I wouldn't contradict what you had to say there, Paula, but that's – and also they got to dramatize it for effect. True. I was yeah. just more impressed that it was as medically accurate as it was. Right. So uh, the other thing is, like, they could do – like, this makes it seem even easier is, like – Maybe for the president, you have some Secret Service agents standing at all the organ centers with, like, a Marine helicopter or some kind of thing where, like, if anybody gets it, you can get it to, you know, you can go from, what, L.A. Yeah. to New York in six hours? Oh, I imagine a lot this, faster than that in, in the right vehicle. Sure. Just throw it in the F-16 and right. you're there in two and a half. Like, I, there's ways – that's what I'm saying, like. The president would have ways of getting a liver. I just send Stamper in the streets, man. Shoot a he Secret Service agent. <laughs> <laughs> right. Did did Meacham get shot in the liver? Because come on. It looked like he was drilled pretty through his midsection. Okay. And also, right. who knows if he matches the president. But you send Stamper out in the streets, he comes back with the liver in 35 That's minutes. That's what I'm saying. You give, you give, He's like the repo man. You give Stamper some rubber gloves and a scalpel, he'll find you a liver in 15 right. minutes. He sets up a fake like, he's blood Jimmy, donation He's the clinic. Jimmy Johns of organ transplants oh, when it I comes see to saving. Oh, uh, <laughs> come, come in the back. We've got a surprise for you. We, sure. We've got a check to give you. Barry C. says, hey, guys, do you buy the idea that Stamper is feeling remorse for bumping that guy off the donor list? This is the thing we kind of already talked right. about. Not so much. He says, he's done so much worse, and you could ethically argue that he was saving a friend's life or maybe even doing something good for the whole country. I don't think you can, I think that's a fact. He was saving a friend's life, and whatever you feel about the president, having one in office is better than having one dying and a secession of power and all that. Especially implies. to Donald Blythe. Especially to Donald Blythe. Um he should be no less than 17 heartbeats away from the presidency. Uh, but no, I, I'm, I'm totally with you there, Barry. Uh, Sierra from Iowa. Uh, Conway initially fell flat for me. He is super cute with a super cute family, but his speeches are so boring. Hmm. The people aren't even cheering for him. Uh, presumably, they're actors paid to cheer for him. Scenes at the end of the episodes from the inauguration were cool throwbacks, and I'm a bit more interested in his uh, uh, his political career now. Hopefully, he and his wife are skilled politicians. Um, that is a problem that I guess I... This, this, it's the same way that, like... I've heard that vinyl suffered. I haven't seen any of vinyl yet, but like the f- when you are a fictional show trying to write like a hit song, <laughs> and you end up with Lost, which is what we are the world. What was the Lost one that Ch- Charlie's Band? Uh, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah it's it a was... terrible song that that no way would be a number one hit. Shit, what was that song? I can't remember. But when you, whenever you're in a show about you have professionals like Don Draper pitching commercials, they did a pretty good job of having most of those commercials sounding like they'd be a hit. Right, but, but they were kind of also inspired by actual real, commercials, yeah. But when you're trying to give stirring political speeches and, and you got people at home like, nah, that ain't doing it, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Because you, you, you not only have to be a television writer, you have to be, I guess, a more than passable political speechwriter too. So mm-hmm. I thought that that's interesting. Uh, she continues, I do love Frank's fourth wall breaking monologues, the hallway scene where he discusses plans A and B. I thought it was such a cool tell moment. It could have been very cheesy. Nixon, when talking about surveillance, all three of us got shot. 
Uh, I know why we're smiling, etc. But it was amazing. Kevin Spacey is so much fun to watch when he's having fun. I love this too because it made it seem like this is the hallway of all the presidents that history hasn't forgotten. Like the lesser presidents are in some back hallway somewhere. Maybe Frank moved them all around since apparently that's a thing. I, I could see he's putting the the the, the Martin Van Buren's and the Grover Cleveland's and the <laughs> the, 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 the C tier, the yeah, yeah, the presidential closet. <laughs> You don't want to be walking around and smack right in a Van Buren's devil yeah. head. No. No, I, I'm with you. You want to see Lincoln and JFK and right. some Roosevelt's. You don't truck with any of the other guys. Maybe uh, you don't want to see the ones who got shot, honestly. If I'm a president, I may not want to think too much about that. Well, it depends. Like, you, if you go back to Dan Carlin, or do you, you go with the whole Memento Mori? Where Do you remember that part of it? Where the... Um, when they would give the Roman generals their triumph or their big celebration, they would pay a slave to ride in a chariot with them and whisper, remember that you are mortal in their ear the whole time to keep them grounded. <laughs> so maybe if you're president, you know, you, you, you keep pictures of Lincoln and Reagan and JFK just to remember that, like, hey, American people only take so much shit before they <laughs> off you. No, no, I think you put those in the Secret Service agent's offices. That's true. Like, remember how you guys fucked up in the rub, past? Rub their nose in it. Yeah. <laughs> not, not this shit again. Uh, she <laughs> speculates, Sierra from Iowa, will they kill Kathy Durant? Uh, no. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Probably. She also I've says, come around. wild speculation, will Petrov play a role? Will they kill Petrov? Uh... No, like Petrov uh, does, because we know he eliminates his political allies. That's something that they've introduced in the plot. Will that inspire Frank to bump off Kathy Durant? Or will he work out some deal with Petrov where he takes care of his dissidents and Petrov takes care of his? You know, I can't imagine that they kill Kathy. That's a lot of murder in the midst of Hammer Time. Of course, they don't know about Hammer Time. They don't know about Hammer Time. You're right. They don't know about Hammer Time. Uh, I, I still just think it's too much. Like, she's too prominent a figure. But that you're assuming that, that would they would just, like, blow her head off. Right. They're not going to do it on live TV. I get it. I mean, but this is like, uh, you know... She make got, it look like an accident. She, she spun off the road. Right. I just think it's a huge risk. And if he's not willing to take a risk on tapping people's phones... Yeah, is he willing to kill? Especially since again, no one lo- no one bought the Dunbar thing. But if someone his political rival shows up murdered or just dead under suspicious circumstances on the heels of that, yeah, you might not need hammer time. Yeah, uh, I think it would be a mistake. I won't say he won't do it, but it would be a mistake. She says, "What do you think on the irony scale of Meacham, the ever loyal servant, being the downfall of Frank via the investigation of from the hammer?" Sucks. That's pretty <laughs> that pretty high Frank. on the ironometer. Sucks for Meacham, sucks for Frank. Uh, she wants to know what we think about the Supreme Court nomination. Will he nominate Dunbar? Is that a way that he could spin her? Because we know she really wanted Supreme Court justice. Right, but what does he need nomination. her for at this point? If she, if she tries to get back into it, maybe he could offer that up. But well, like, there's not a much a Supreme Court justice can do to hurt you. If sure, you're president, and it would take it would remove a powerful foe from the field of political rivals. I would say he only does that if she threatens to 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 harm him again. Hmm. If if it looks like she's going to be a problem, do you think she would do a good job? 
because yeah. I do feel like she like she, she fell on her sword out of a sense of political honor. So yep. like I think if she got the nomination, she'd be a good one. I think she's one of the most honest and uh, I don't know inspiring people in the show. <laughs> Uh, she says, I'm very excited for Claire's big speech. Maybe Frank and Claire will honor Meacham's death in true style by welcoming Tom into the resident. Oh, oh, nah, nah. That would be a desecration of of the sacred <laughs> three chum. What the hell? What is Tom's last name? Yates. Yates. A yeah. Yachum? Hmm. Yeah. Diving at the Y. I, I'm trying to think what, what you would, what, what's the threesome Yatesum? I don't know. S- swinging on the Yates gate. I don't. <laughs> Yates okay. Gate. That's a political scandal and a sex move. It could be. You never know. Uh, Adam from Missouri says you guys discussed reality-based media coverage on the show and how it was avoided in regards to the assassination attempt. I agree with your conclusions. Footage like that could be easily manipulated into potentially a disastrous results. I have enclosed a link to a Bloomberg article from 2013 detailing a cyber attack on the Twitter account of the Associated Press, which resulted in a quick, massive, though only temporary, crash in the stock market. The lone tweet, which was quickly deleted, resulted in $136 million of losses to the Standard & Poor 500 Index in just three minutes. Jesus. As you alluded to, I think a clip... Excuse me. I think a clip of Wolf Blitzer detailing an attempt on the life of the president in the hands of a skilled hacker could cause similar chaos, if even for a moment. Yeah. Some scary shit. I did read the article. It, I don't remember this happening, but it happened uh, in April of uh, 2013, and kind of crazy. Aaron T. says, Have Claire and Kathy been planning all along to oust Frank and have Kathy be the presidential candidate with Claire as her running mate? It's an interesting hypothesis. I don't know what I think about a long Clericon because, man, it's hard to connect. It it would be it almost would make a, a certain amount of sense, though. It would, but try to connect the dots from season four, episode one, Claire to where she's at now. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, I guess you know, again, she's just an opportunist using the. But I just, I just don't know. I don't know. That would be that would be a real a really long-term con, which I guess is season one of House of Cards, so... And right. season and two. I, I wouldn't put it past Claire, like, sitting in that hospital room, looking at Frank, going... Oh, yeah. I wanted to divorce this guy. This is now I kind of can't. I've got to come up with a, another idea. And going to Kathy with it. Jeremy J. picks up on something that was bugging me. From the second I heard Governor Selfie speak, I could tell the actor was doing one of the worst American accents I can remember. Pretty sloppy house of cards. Took me out of the episode, but I best best better get used to it. Where's he from? He's from Sweden. And I didn't notice him so much, but his wife is she's Irish and most of the time she's speaking with a pretty clear accent. It's it was really distracting for me. Oh, I I just thought she had an accent. Like she's not American. Wow. Do you not do you think that would be a big deal? I don't know. It's his wife. Who who cares? I don't know. Like, you got to be American to be the president, but <laughs> you don't have to be American to be the first lady. The, the, the American president boning a dirty Irish woman? I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I guess you're right. I wouldn't There's, have a problem with it, but maybe the public... Plays well, good on know. the... It plays well in Boston. I That's what I thought it was. I, she's really supposed to be American? I thought... I mean, why... I guess I assume an American running for president is going to have an American wife. Maybe that's a foolish thought, but... If she's supposed to be American, that's the worst American accent ever. Huh. I mean, it's worse than okay. Because I, 
I thought she was she like in half of her scenes she just wasn't even trying to do an American <laughs> accent. But yeah, I didn't I don't entertain know. the fact that she was just going for a British or yeah I Irish was, accent. I okay. thought she was English or or somewhere from from the UK. Over there. What do you think about Governor Selfie? That's a good name. We might jack that. It's pretty good. Uh, I didn't have a huge problem with him. Yeah, is he doing a terrible accent? I don't. I mean, he's he's a he's a Swedish. He's trying to give a whatever an, an upstate New York accent sounds like, right? I, I mean, that I mean, can we're used sound... to The Walking Dead. Yeah, true. Where Rick is doing his best to put on a Southern accent, true. Frank. That's <laughs> pretty bad. <laughs> and we're used to we're used to Kevin Spacey doing this South Carolina accent for years now, which I think is pretty good. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, Liz G. Ponders, when was the last time you picked up a newspaper? House of Cards showed Conway and Dunbar both with newspapers. Each character held up a newspaper during a speech. I thought it's odd in this day and age when the majority of us read news on smartphones and tablets. That Conway also held up a Vanity Fair magazine during a speech. Your do thoughts? we actually read news? I do. On on tablets and stuff? I, I feel like most people read Twitter. Most people read Facebook. The only news, quote-unquote news they're getting, is like... Uh, here's a picture of my baby, and here's, you know, a biased article about why ISIS needs to be glassed. I, or I read the majority like, of my news on my phone, but it's usually links to the New York Times and the Washington Post. And right. I feel like, like that's that. where the real news is done. And yes, it comes in paper form still. So, well, and the other thing is, like, it's interesting because I was just watching Hardball with Chris, Chris Matthews last night, and he said something to the effect of, because there's this one woman arguing about uh i forget exactly what the argument was about but they're talking about how she was disputing these poll numbers and blah 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 and she's putting i thought a fairly cogent argument about whatever she's trying to argue about again i know this sounds lame but chris says you know that's a good point and i think that plays well like with people here in washington that read newspapers and whatnot but when you get into most americans that aren't it's 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 that's the reason you've got this massive gap between right whatever we thought was going to happen and maybe it was over the michigan thing with bernie i don't know um hmm. and i'm like huh that sounds like an elitist position to take but it might be true that like people Maybe. in Washington are reading news and they pay attention. Like you know, you always hear if you want to get a senator or a congressperson's attention, don't send an email. Write them a letter. Yeah. Call them on a landline or send a fax. Like that's stupid, but that's what they pay attention to because email, email, email. Right. This is a piece of paper stacked up on in front of my desk. So it could be that. That your your typical politicians older and they're kind of insulated in this beltway thing. So maybe the newspaper culture is still alive and well there. And I also feel that um, they, they make mention of it a couple times. Like Stamper comes into a hallway with Frank and he's like, "Oh, there's news hitting on Twitter. It'll be all over the papers tomorrow." Uh, I get the impression that his staff is keeping track of the Twitter sure. and all the the digital media stuff, so he doesn't have to. And this is more of him just kind of doing his own thing to stay abreast of everything. They also, I thought there was a smart point where Conway is like talking about the Vanity Fair. He goes, this sold over a million copies and 5 million people read it online, which is kind of already suggesting that this dead tree stuff is. Yeah. So I, I felt like th it felt fairly realistic to me. Uh, Liz G said, I heard yet another podcaster. <gasps> We're being cheated on Jim. Uh, <laughs> say that there's, he's 99% sure the memory of New Year's Eve party was an actual scene in the first episode of House of Cards. 
Obviously, Conway wasn't in the scene of episode one. Uh, have you heard his comment from other listeners? I don't know, but for sure, House of Cards opened with this particular New Year's Eve party. Yeah. Like, that is an absolute fact that that was the first scene we saw in House of Cards. It didn't have Conway in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of thought the thing with him and uh, the other president, that actually went down exactly how it did in the episode. Uh, but we yeah, didn't see him actually meet Conway and his wife. President whose name I forget now. <laughs> I know. What, what the hell was it? I want to say it was Dunbar. Walker. Walker, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. So Right, I don't think... Uh, I didn't see him in... Uh, this is the first time I've seen him. Episode no, I, seven. I, I did. I think that I was trying to run this down before we recorded this, and I got to like either this guy's been seen very briefly, or maybe talked about at the end of season two, or maybe in the season three. But I think this is the first season they actually cast him. Yeah, because um, I think there was a, uh, you know, Frank blew up the other Republican guy running against him and i think they mentioned that this guy was the new uh the new nominee but i think this is the first time we're seeing him anyway okay uh that's all the feedback we got this installment uh we'll be wrapping up next week uh tuesday we'll have the episode 10 11 12 and then we'll have a finale podcast on uh uh friday with the uh episode 413 and the wrap up of the season. So if you've got thoughts on the season as a whole, I know I've already I've I've been staying away from it, but I can already tell like the 413 thread is the one getting all the love on the forums. Right. Of uh course. but the, so if you got any thoughts, uh, send them in um and we'll look forward to putting this thing to bed and starting on uh Daredevil next week. Yeah. Again, house of cards at baldmove.com. You got long form feedback or discuss it on the forums, forums.baldmove.com. I'll be trolling both for feedback. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.